So how do you want to intro it? What are you thinking? Beyond Kicks podcast, we talk about everything. I'm a big stickler on material and quality. Everyone was hyping those up and I just was not like huge. I didn't even go for it. I just fell in love with shoes from that. I think it's another money job. So that's why I think this podcast will be really interesting. You came up basketball and I'm skateboarding. They pretty much like they are sneaker culture. I say we just introduce who we are and kind of what we already do on social media and um yeah i don't know i <laughs> i think a lot of it's like i want to be kind of casual with it because that's exactly more fun i think um and just kind of like, have fun. I don't like what we're doing right now I just, exactly <laughs> exactly I, I think including this in the podcast is kind of cool because then people are like all right this is like it's legit bullshit. yeah it's like a regular it's very from the hip yeah what should we uh i'm curious because like i know when podcasts i listen to and stuff there's usually a lead voice. I think if we just I split it up, like Colin yeah. and Samir, your guys. Um, exactly. Um, yeah, that works. That's the way to do it. Though. Beyond kicks, we're going to be talking about shoes and uh, releases and content. Uh, everything shoes, I guess. Just I, what do we want to label it as? Because, <laughs> like, see, that's my other thing too. I'm like, you know, this is the Beyond Kicks podcast. We talk about everything. <laughs> Like we talk like about it. all the new sneakers coming out, yep. our history and opinions on current sneakers, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think I we just start it, and I mean, we can. I like to. I mean, if we want to include this type of banter, like, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to just introduce yourself and then go into why you chose sneakers and why you make yeah. content around sneakers? Yeah, so I am uh, Charlie, otherwise known as uh, Winona Kicks. I've been making sneaker-related content for Calavi three years here in October. It feels like I just kind of started yesterday. I'm still pretty new. Has it really been that long? It's been three years. It doesn't seem that long, but I'm still – There's you always get the the feedback on social media with, like, all the OG sneakerheads or the people that have been in it since, like, 2015, 2016, and they're like, Oh, you know, and this was more during COVID because there was a lot of newer content creators kind of popping up, such as myself. And I was um, one of those. Since then, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And so since then, a lot of them have um, kind of dipped out and haven't had the longevity that I have or you have. Um, So it's it's been, uh, yeah, it's been almost three years. I started, so I kind of have an interesting journey on how I started making sneaker related content. So it started with reselling okay. sneakers and just um, making content around that. And so I literally, I was flipping other stuff. I was flipping PlayStations. I was flipping Apple watches in my dorm freshman oh, nice. year because I was broke like every other college yeah. student. And um, I bought a pair of Jordan Legacy 312s, the USA edition for 30 bucks on Poshmark. And oh, um, I had always watched sneaker YouTube for Harrison Neville and Kais and all these guys over the years. And I'd never had the money. I was never old enough to really like, Oh, I'm going to spend $200 on a pair of shoes and like wear them and flip them. And especially growing and, up, man, uh, like, I don't know how people can afford that stuff. I'm just like, it took me no, forever I, probably before I bought my first $200 pair of shoes. It was, exactly. It was crazy. It, it, yeah. I think you kind of have to get out of the house and kind of, fend for your own money until you realize like how expensive the hobby is and stuff and until you really get into it so mm-hmm. um yeah it started from a place of trying to make money um and so i bought those legacies for 30 bucks um i think it was 35 was shipping and i ended up flipping them for like 80 bucks and so i was like well this and it was like in 12 hours like i sold them on facebook wow. and i was like well this is like if i just do this like a bunch of times like that would work. And so it started with like, not even like height pairs. A lot of people, like when they start reselling, it's always like body and easies or like trying to hit mm-hmm. manual on pairs. And it's like, there's a lot of pairs that just don't have a lot of margin, especially easies. Like when three fifties are kind of slowing down a couple of years, like a year ago, um, a lot of the margin was gone or you'd make lunch money on exactly. them and you'd make yeah. 15, 20 bucks. And it's like, you can buy these pairs that nobody really even thinks about. Like I resold a lot of mids because there was a lot of girls in COVID, like in smaller sizes, you buy oh, yeah. pyramids that came out a couple of years ago. That's pretty limited now that you could flip for $50 to $200. And it's like, people don't think about that. So those are hard to come by too. Even 
the new lows and the mids when I worked at Champs, man, every time we would get a box in, there'd be a line out the door. And I'm like, for mids? Okay. Exactly. But, I mean, exactly. Like, everyone's <laughs> buying them to wear them or buy them to flip them. And they were selling out like crazy. It was insane. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I don't personally wear mids. I have nothing against it, but they just don't fit my feet right. So I've never, um, bought in mids, but it's, it's always been lows or highs for me. And so, yeah. It started with reselling. I was selling all these lower end pairs and a lot of it was learning how to restore pairs as well. Or I'd get a cleaning kit from Rejuvenator or whatever I had at the time and I learned to restore them. Um, and so that was like building value into the shoes. And so I was following social media and all this and TikTok, right? When it was starting to come out and um, I saw a bunch of people making like Instagram accounts, like the reselling accounts, like post your pairs for sale. So I was like, yeah. hey, like, why not do this? And so I remember posting my first pair and it was like, maybe I had like eight followers and it was like, my girlfriend liked it. My other account liked it. Like, oh, yeah. like it was just, it was posting it to nobody. And then I'd repost it on like my main profile, like my like personal profile. And that was that. And then I got a comment from somebody on the pair of shoes. Cause I always do hashtags and all that. So I just got a random comment from a guy like, how do you ship out shoes? Like, Cause I started offering shipping and yeah. I was really selling on platforms like Mercari. Um, and I built up a lot of reviews on there and eBay and Poshmark and Depop. And I kind of narrowed it down to Mercari, eBay and Goat because of fees and shipping and stuff like that and customer support. And so I got a comment on Instagram, like, how do you ship this? And so I made like a 10 second video on here's my Rolo label printer. And I get, Oh, nice. 12 by eight by six boxes and get this certain shipping tape and it's like lowest margin. And then, um, I posted that to just Instagram because before they had reels and then I made a TikTok account as well. And I think it got like a couple hundred views. And so that just kind of started. I just was replying to comments as my first hundred videos or so. And then it started to turn into content. Like I just got this pair in or I'm cleaning this pair, making cleaning videos. And then it just kind of tumbled into what it became. And then yeah. about a year and a half ago, I got a job marketing um, mm -hmm. and I built up probably 55,000 followers on TikTok and about, about 10K on Instagram. And um, I got a job marketing for a motorsports company. And uh, I knew the owner through a family friend and he knew mm -hmm. I was going to college for digital marketing. and um, essentially I was like, I've kind of done this thing on TikTok, and I, I don't know anything about ATVs or anything like that, but I, I, I kind of have an idea of how to do this social media thing a little bit. And, um, I kind of just, he had no idea about the internet. They didn't have Facebook accounts. They didn't, they actually had like five different Instagram accounts for each location. And it was just all a mess. And so yeah. I started doing that for the summer and I stopped reselling. Um, and I switched completely. My sneaker content went to just content. It wasn't reselling anymore. And I decided this is starting to take off content wise. And I'm, I'm not reselling anymore because I got this new job marketing and I just didn't have the time for it. And so I made a conscious decision to kind of switch my content around from just selfie videos on my phone to higher production videos on new pairs or unboxings or hidden features on shoes. And so I switched it up yeah. a little bit. And then meanwhile, I was making TikToks for the motorsports dealership in six yeah. months, we hit a hundred thousand followers on there. And wow. so it, that took off as well as my own stuff took off. And I actually hit a hundred K on the work TikTok before I hit it on mine. So it was like, <laughs> something's kind of interesting here, which is, yeah. it, it was very unexpected because I dumped a year into the, in my own thing and it, and then it took off on work and I was like, man, this is the, uh, but of course at work, it you have that unlimited content, all these vehicles exactly. you can just shoot every day, which, you know, exactly. hard to do with yep. sneakers. <laughs> That's the big thing is that I was funding it myself and I still am. And it's, it's conscious decisions to, when I'm buying a pair of shoes, I still have a very resale minded thinking where if I buy the pair of shoes for $250 and I clean them up and then I can make videos and stuff on them, keep them for a little bit. And then flip them for 300 or 250 even on breaking even where i have nothing into it uh, and so okay. i'm always thinking about that like i just got a pair of um 
God, I don't even know the name of it. They're they're Nike SB Dunks. I gotta look it up. The blue ones with the yellow. No, so I got those actually. I got the FTC. Yeah. Dunks. Oh so yeah, I talk those about up there. those. Yeah. So I got those for two hundred bucks used, and I cleaned them up, and I could sell them for a two eighty, two fifty right now, which I'm gonna keep them for a while just because I like them a lot. But I yeah. also got um, some patchwork Nike SB Dunks. They're from like '06. Yeah. I can't think of the name of them. They're red on the back. They're yellow, and they're all canvas. Um, brand new pairs sell for like fifteen hundred bucks, and there's used pairs for seven, eight hundred, and I got a pair for two fifty, wow. and on ebay and so i just was cleaning those up for the last hour and they were cooked but um so still thinking like that and now it's just transitioned to full content where then it started where companies would send me a pair of shoes to review and one of the first companies to do that was this company called no two ways and they oh, have yeah i remember those yeah it's a united kingdom based company and they sent me this pair of shoes they dm me and i've never heard of them before and i was like you're just going to send me a pair of shoes to like review. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And um, the guy that founded the company was actually, is actually a YouTuber. His name's Calix. He's good friends with KSI and he's mm -hmm. really big overseas. And um, so that was pretty wild. And that's when I kind of realized like, I can just keep doing these videos and it'll kind of take off. So it's yeah. since then it's grown to, if you're not following me, it's over 300,000 followers on TikTok as well as, almost 100k on instagram and uh killing it's a good hobby turned instagram's yeah. been pretty crazy and it's funny because everyone's like man instagram's dead like and there's a lot of stuff around instagram like taking away photos and a lot of, i do like taking photos but yeah i mean instagram reels is one of the best forms to go right now just because of the yeah, organic insane. reach yeah yeah so it's wild that's, that's a quick little story on me instagram reel blow up today before we hopped on this call really finally hit like i think it was 200 300,000 views on it and my phone was just blowing up like crazy before that it's been like <laughs> you know 300 views 5,000 views you know kind of inconsistent but then posted one today and it just skyrocketed so it's like that's awesome man what video all it, it takes is one video it was just me reacting to the uh those jordan one highs the bleach dye them and kind of tie dye them yep so I just made a yep. quick video. Hey, this is cool. This is why these shoes are cool because you can customize them and just shot up. And I was like, well, you're only one video away at all times. Exactly. Like you never exactly. know. If you don't shoot it exactly. and post it, there's no telling what'll happen. But uh, talking about those shoes that you just had on camera, the, uh, the first ones they sent you, I thought it was crazy because I think it was the day or the day after you started posting content around those video, those sneakers. I had never noticed them before. And then the next day mm -hmm. I was in the grocery store and I saw some dude wearing those. And I was just like, really? I was like, that's the most random thing. I've never seen those sneakers, huh. you know, out in the wild in Atlanta. But of course, the day after you show them, someone's got them. And I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. That's that very insane. interesting because I I still have never seen anyone wearing them in minnesota so i mean there's not a huge sneaker culture in southern minnesota but um true with winter being seven eight months of the year it's you only got a few months to wear like your cool shoes so i, exactly. I haven't seen anyone wearing them i i know their their marketing is insane and the way they're doing it it's really fun mm -hmm. to follow so if you're not following no two ways definitely go and follow them because they're killing it right hit them up hit them up that's awesome dude so um what got you into sneakers in the first place? Was it just reselling or do you have like a history, like growing up wearing, whether it's Jordans, Nike, Adidas, and then you just liked them or what's up with that? God, I gotta really think. So I was not wearing anything special when I was a kid. I was wearing Reebok, Zigtechs and nothing, <laughs> nothing cool. Dope, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, a lot of it was just like, my parents and I, we would go to the mall and we'd go to the Nike outlet and mm -hmm. it would be like once a year before school, I'd get to pick out a pair of shoes and it was I had nothing special. I mean, 50, 60 bucks. And yeah, um, they I have, did play basketball growing day. up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, wasn't going for releases or I didn't even know what that was. And so I started playing basketball when I was, I played hockey first for about seven years and then I switched to basketball in, uh, right before middle school about 
fifth grade. So I, uh, I don't know how old that is, but fifth grade it was. And so I started playing basketball and I got a pair of Under Armour basketball shoes. So I was really flexing out there when I was a kid. Back in the day, dude, (laughs) oh man. I remember when Under Armour came out and everybody was wearing those skin tight Under Armour shirts and like Nike shocks. And then every now and then you'd see some Under Armour shoes, but that was like right when they started coming out. So everyone was like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. But those exactly, were and it was. I, I mean, they were nothing special. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was like, it, it, they were not a flex. They were very uncomfortable. Yeah. I kind of want to find a picture. I don't know where I'd ever find a picture. I got to do some research out, research yeah. after this. But um, yeah, so I was not wearing anything cool. I mean, it was just the cheapest stuff to get by. And then I kind of got introduced to sneakers from basketball and the early. 2013, 2012, 2014 era of like Kobe's and KD's and um, hyper dunks and hyper fuses and um, just that early era of Nike, early for me at least, of Nike basketball shoes. And I remember going to traveling camps in the summer and um, one of my buddies had some KD fours on and it was Mm -hmm. like, those are sweet. I I can't afford them right now, but Uh like if I could get those, that would be cool. And so that was like, I had a couple of friends growing up that were really into basketball shoes and I kind of got introduced to that. And, um, I, it was just because they looked cool and they were crazy colorways. And, um, for, for school ball, we had to wear either black, purple, or white for school colors. And so we couldn't mm-hmm. wear anything crazy. And then you go to traveling ball tournaments and, um, people would just be wearing wild colorways. And so that was pretty cool. And that kind of got me into a lot of YouTube growing up of, I'd maybe just flip on a Harrison Neville video once in a while kites yeah. video once in a while or whatever and i didn't know really anything about it um or jordans or anything it was just early nike basketball shoes and so that kind of transitioned into high school i stopped playing sophomore year uh, i was not very good i got cut so that switched to golf so i yeah. ended up playing golf since i was a little kid i'm still really into it and played a lot of tournaments growing up and um I just didn't get into basketball early enough where I got the fundamentals down and um, I still like playing basketball. I play almost every day, just rec ball and stuff, but nice. um, just was not good enough for high school. So it, it, I still followed shoes and stuff, but it was like Nike basketball shoes was really the introduction to that. And then I really it was freshman year of college. I kind of got introduced to like new balance was just beginning to kind of pop off again. And, yeah. um, yeah, just learning from reselling and kind of looking up SKUs on tags and um, just really learning as much as I could, a lot from YouTube, especially. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's where I learned everything. For <laughs> yeah, the most same. Part. For the most part, you know. Well, sick. I like it. I can dive into me now. I was just going to say, what? Anything else? You no, wanna I want to hear about you now. Solid, solid. So I'm Seth, same old sneakers and same old Seth whichever same old sets my personal same old sneakers on all the socials um but yeah i'll just start i guess how i got into shoes and then just lead from there into content so kind of on the opposite side of things yours was more basketball mine was skateboarding because you know back in 2006 to 2012 when i was in like middle school, high school, that was like the big thing because that was when all the Tony Hawk games were coming out and everyone was super obsessed with skateboarding at the time. So me and all my friends would skateboard literally every single day, destroy probably a pair of shoes every month. Just, (laughs) I just fell in love with shoes from that because when you're destroying shoes at such a rapid pace, you begin to like actually get into it and you figure out all the different brands that you like. So for me growing up, it was a lot of Etnies because that was the big mm-hmm. thing with the E on the side. Uh, a lot of Etnies, mm-hmm. Lakai, uh, Fallen, stuff like that. I always loved the Nike Dunks, but could never afford them because I mean, you're paying $100 for a skate shoe. I that got all my shoes on the clearance. Rip right. up. You know what I mean? I was always yeah. like, oh, the dunks look cool, but I'm just going to destroy it. And a lot of them were made of like leather, and I just didn't like skating in leather. I loved suede, and a lot of the other skate brands, all they used was suede. So I was like, hey, 
in my head, I'm doing research like, okay, suede lasts a little bit longer on skating. I'm gonna go after suede or these different toe boxes perform better than you know this brand. So I'm just hyper obsessing over which sneakers are gonna be the best for me to skate in all the time. So I just got super into it, I guess at that point. But I'm trying to think. So I got really attached to like Ryan Sheckler, Eric Costin, you know, mm -hmm. um, Paul Rodriguez, all these people that skate for Nike now. So I guess I got kind of into Nike at that point, but really the sneakers that got me into like the Reddit and everything where I'm actually doing research on sneakers were like New Balance and Adidas because I just loved Adidas. And this was before even Boost came out. I was buying all of their just outlet kind of runners any kind of runner that they had, they just came out with like prime knit. So a lot of them had that Roshi run kind of look. So I was super into those. I never got a pair of Roshis. I was very upset about that because those were like <laughs> the it shoe at the time. Yeah. And I always wanted a pair, could never get them. That I think at this time I was working at the finish line at an outlet mall and we would get Roshis in all the time. But working at finish line, you don't make that much money working on the floor. So we would get all these <laughs> shoes in all the time. And I was just like, man, I want to be able to buy these shoes at some point. So, but they all kind of got out of fashion quick. So never ended up actually owning a pair. But I don't know. From that point on, in middle school, I've just always been super obsessed with sneakers, mainly skate sneakers, which is, I guess, why... I like Jordans, but they're not my favorite kind of sneaker. I'm just more into like a nice trainer kind of deal, which is what New Balance is yep. doing right now. So exactly. me being from that kind of background and with all the suede and materials, I'm just like, boom, New Balance. I love it. Same with Asics. I was obsessed with Gel Light 3s back in probably like 2012 when I started getting into all the sneaker reddits. And back then, all anybody posted were like, Asics, New Balance, Jordans, whatever it may be. And that's probably when I got super into Jordans because I would just see them everywhere on there. And I was really into the Jordan 6s and the Jordan 11s. I don't think I could ever pull off a pair of 6s or 11s. But <laughs> back at that time, I was that was it. I wanted a pair so bad. And I still remember, because I grew up in the mountains of Georgia, so I live in Atlanta now. But... Up in the mountains, mm -hmm. no one wore sneakers. But I, I still remember the one day I saw a dude wearing a pair of just the bread sixes. And that was the first time I've ever seen a pair. And I was just <laughs> lasered on that shoe. I was like, man, <laughs> I need to buy this shoe so bad. And I've missed every restock they've done on it. I haven't gone for the last two, but I was like, I just need a shoe, man. <laughs> you got to get them eventually. I know. Eventually, I have to. Those in the Concord 11s, I was just obsessed with at that time. So I have a whole list of shoes that I'm like, okay, one day I have to own all of these to make past Seth proud. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, one day we'll get there. But uh, as far as content creation goes, I've always been on like, you know, sneaker YouTube, like all the creators you mentioned. Uh, sneaker instagram whatever it may be and i've always liked watching their stuff but never in a million years did i think about actually making any content uh the only reason i got into making content at all which was i guess a little over a year ago now when i started buying all the equipment getting everything together yeah. studying youtube and studying how all these little algorithms work <laughs> and how to exploit oh, yeah. them in any way possible um, but I didn't get into it until COVID when everybody was locked inside. Obviously, that's when a lot of people got into content. But so I went to college with the YouTuber Eric. He's like the biggest Did creator really? right now. I like know very, that. very close to Mr. Beast. I'm sure a lot of people out there know him. But obviously, back then, he wasn't Eric. <laughs> He was just Eric Decker. We went to the same college for a little bit, and then, you know, he left. You know, his stories talked about it a lot. But we actually went to the same. It was like an after-school kind of like youth group kind of thing where just everybody would get together. We'd hang out. And I know I, 
I just saw him there all the time. And I was like, I like this guy's energy. That's cool. Never really talked to him that much. We had yep. some mutual friends, but I was like, I know this guy. He's cool. And then during COVID, I had always followed him on Instagram too, but just never got his stuff because I guess I didn't interact with it. But I saw a random video pop up of him sitting on a rock saying, by the end of the year, in the next like few months, I'm going to hit a million subscribers. And like that was his whole journey for 2020 was hitting a million subscribers. So he started making YouTube videos, popped off, popped off, popped off. Somehow I missed every single one of them until I saw his <laughs> announcement video of, I'm almost at a million subscribers. Help me. Like his whole spiel was like, I'm not leaving this island until I hit a million subscribers. And I was like, dude, I know this guy and he's killing it right now. I did not know. Cause at that time, I mean, I was 25, 26. And in my head, I'm like, Hey, if you want to be a new content creator, you have to be young. Like no one's going to care if you're like a little bit older, like they all want new kids. So I just mm -hmm. thought that ship had sailed and seeing him literally start from zero to, to a million subscribers in a year, I was just like, Hey, maybe I can do this. Like maybe if I just sit down and study all this content and all these different social media platforms that maybe I can do something too, because I would love to do something, create something, make videos, take photos, whatever it may be make a podcast. Uh, I just wanted to do something. And so I started just studying YouTube probably for the next year or so. That's how I found Colin and Samir, like we were talking about before the show. Um, yep. I got super obsessed with their podcast because Eric was like one of their first guests. He wasn't super big. That oh, time. really? So I was like looking up Eric on podcasts because I was like, I wonder if he's like talked about his journey and how he was able to get to a million subscribers at this rapid pace. And I saw he was on the Colin and Samir show, listened to it, took notes, literally sat there and filled up half a notebook with notes and then got obsessed with their content. And if you're not familiar with Colin and Samir, they do content around just the creator economy and how to build your brand and how to, you know, just navigate this world of social media that we live in. And I just thought it was fascinating and took what I could from them, ran with it, started doing more research on YouTube for all people who can help out content creators. And yeah, I just started making content. My original plan was to be a streamer and just start like streaming Call of Duty, whatever it may be, or just make like YouTube videos around like gaming montages or you know, whatever it may be, make videos with my friends playing games, which was fun. Uh, tried it for a little bit, never really posted a video and just kind of quit. Cause I was like, ah, this is a lot of work. I don't even know if I really like gaming that much. It's fun. Yeah. It's a pastime. I don't know if I want to associate myself with that. And then, so pretty much just stopped trying to record anything. And one night I remember I was just laying in bed trying to figure out what I want to make content around. Like, what do I know? What, well, like, what can I teach people about that's entertaining at all? And it just hit me sneakers as I was staring into my closet of Yeezys and some Jordans and things. I was like, mm -hmm. why don't I just make content around sneakers? I've worked in like the retail space for years, working at Champs, Foot Locker, Foot Action, whatever it may be. So I feel like I knew enough knowledge. I knew, you know, how the hype sneakers worked. I never was really into the hype sneakers, but yeah. you know, if you're not into it now, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just got super obsessed with trying to make content and it was fun. And so I started making just little TikToks of news of all the sneakers that were coming out and they did fairly well. Like it, it grew definitely slow at first. And then I think within the first month of me starting to post videos, I had my first video that hit a million and I was like, okay, so this works. I hit like a million views in 24 hours. And I was like, this is crazy. Oh my gosh. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I think, I think at the time I maybe had like 1200 TikTok followers or something like that. And I was just like, okay, this is doable. TikTok's the way to go. So I started only making content on TikTok. 
and I had a blast. I thought it was so much fun. And then just one day, I guess I got annoyed or just tired of sitting there making videos about news and sneakers, especially if it's stuff that I'm like, eh, I don't really care about this, but I'm going to make a video about it mm -hmm. to get views. So I got tired, pretty much stopped making videos altogether, like in November or December last year. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, cool. I did that. I tried it. I'm kind of done. And then, you know, took five months away from making content. And then I just missed it. And I was like, I had a little bit going there. Let's take this and run with it and see how far we can go. Because in my head, I want to be just like the best sneaker content creator, photographer, whatever it may be. But I want to be the best in that field that I possibly can be. So we're going to ride it out and see how it goes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. And now I'm working with... Um, it was so funny because the day, I think it was the day I started making TikToks again, I posted them to TikTok and I posted them to my personal Instagram page. So I made two TikToks, posted them both the same day. And later that day, I was hit up by the guys over at Sneaker Knockers because I had known mm -hmm. them in the past. And they were just like, hey, this video is really good be our content creator, like help us make content. So now I have this sweet deal with them where they'll send me whatever early pair they get in and I take all the photos for it. They post it on their channel. I'll make any reels for them for those sneakers and a few like news related reels of just whatever's going on. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that's been awesome. So now I'm able to get my hands on some super cool <laughs> early sneakers that no one's seen before like the pair you have behind you over there. Like there's some, there's some cool stuff they get. So I'm super lucky to be able to, you know, capture these art pieces and show them to the world. I just think it's so cool. And actually yesterday, Nice Kicks reposted the general purpose shoe photos that I took. So that was the first time like a yep. sneaker blog has actually picked up the photos that I've personally taken and edited and I just, that was the coolest thing so i'm like okay yeah I, I saw that that's the standard i'm like okay we are taking photos for sneaker blogs and we're gonna try and get them picked up at every possible point so i don't know i'm still giddy about it so i was super excited <laughs> yeah. but you know we'll see where things go in the future but yeah that's, that's interesting because yeah it's, it's a little different because i i've been doing the content stuff for a while and I tried to do the YouTube thing when I was a kid with um, actually mad mobile videos. I uh, yeah. made a YouTube channel a long time ago and um, I hit like 4,000 followers and then I was failing Spanish. So my parents made me stop. So I've had that would, that a would long do history it. of Dang, that too, but man. exactly. Right? Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because the sneaker game I kind of fell into where you kind of planned it, where you had a lot of knowledge previously yeah and um so that's why i think this podcast will be really interesting because there's really two different perspectives on it where i'm still really new to it i've only been in it for a couple of years and i've just the content kind of thing just kind of happened and i love it obviously and i'm posting stuff every day but it's a little bit different of a viewpoint for both of us that's why i think it's going to be really interesting to listen when we talk about the newest shoes coming out or stuff getting retro like kobe's or Katie's or phone posits and um, yeah. kind of my stance on it from more of a social media look at it like TikTok and the way I consume shoes and and wear them and stuff and versus yeah the, the angle you bring with a lot of knowledge on previous stuff and Jordan sixes and exactly what you just yeah. talked about that's why I think this exactly. will be very interesting and you came up basketball and I'm skateboarding and together exactly they, I didn't they know pretty about much all that skateboarding. yeah they pretty much like they are sneaker culture. Like they're the two main, you know, I guess avenues that people have mm -hmm. to get into it. So it's cool. Yeah, no, I it's it. it's interesting because all the like skateboarding, I never got into it. Um, I had a scooter when I was a kid. That's about the extent of that. So it's nice. I never got into it. I didn't know about comparing toe boxes and performance. And I got that with with basketball. So it's it is yeah. it's two different avenues. And I get that with golf a lot too. Where now they're starting to release 
Jordan golf shoes and they have been mm-hmm. for a couple of years and, and not even Jordan brand golf shoes, but just Nike They're and like, foot joy when, yeah. when, Jordan's when I compare the performance on those. <laughs> exactly. And it's super cool that's to see. Insane. Yeah. I love so, that dude. Cause I feel like that's Should we talk solid. about a couple upcoming we could releases. I'll kind of, I'll fire a couple of shoes at you and I want to get your take on them. Yeah, let's because do it. I know you know about them. The first one, I want to talk foam posits. So foam posits have been around <laughs> since 1997, I believe. Um, it's a very that's interesting insane. shoe because of, yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting because it's, that's very different culture for Minnesota. And that's a whole sneaker segment in itself, yeah. essentially. And it, it's interesting because a big thing we talked about was price point when we were getting mm-hmm. into shoes. And that was a big thing of foam posits on why, it, why they kind of flopped at the beginning. And then they took off because the they molding process, the molding process and the, the creation process was very expensive. And so I believe they retailed for 250 when they originally came out. And yeah. now we've seen price points of 500 for the CGG. <sighs> C- yeah, I was about to say DG foam posits. <laughs> yeah. screw that up, but it's those are it's, crazy. Yes, I love them, but it, the retail price is a little outrageous. That's why it's interesting to watch. We just got announced that we're getting the metallic red foam posits back in summer of 2023. So I don't know if you have images pulled up of those, but I'm curious your thoughts because I know they originally released them in 2012. I want to believe. I think you're right. Yes, 2012, they first yep. released the Nike Air Foam Posit 1 Metallic Red. It's one of the more popular red sneakers besides Red Octobers or anything <laughs> like that. Is. Definitely is. I was always, so, at least when foams originally came out, I was always a fan of them. They were never for me mm-hmm. just because I'm a small dude. I can't pull off anything yeah. that like bulky, you know? So yep. I was always like, oh, I love what it is. Like when those... uh I don't know what year it was, but when Supreme did the foam posits that have like kind of the, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was a black and red shoe and then it had the gold kind of like foil going along the sides. I thought those mm-hmm. were the coolest thing. Never in a million years would yeah. I wear them. But, you know, <laughs> when you're looking at it, it's in, that in my head is just like, it's a piece of art. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing. But I'm excited they're bringing them back. I think it'll be cool. I'm kind of eager to see you know, in the next few years, what is going to be the new hype sneaker that everybody's trying to go after? I feel like, I mean, with the airships, they're finally bringing those back. So a lot of people are going to be wearing airships. They're starting to do foams again. They're starting to bring twos back. So it's like, okay, Nike's like slowly, slowly, but surely bringing all these old silhouettes into the light. And I think it's so cool. Yeah, I think it's, I think, I thought you were going to go where, like you're interested to see what the sneaker community is going to be, how receptive they are going to be to this release. Cause that's kind of what I was thinking is, um, home posits. We kind of had the bulky shoe era, the dad shoes kind of over COVID and it's a little bit before that, but I, I phone posits are, I'm six foot one and a heftier guy from the college years, but they, I like them because they do look good on me where it's, I, I, that's kind of why I don't wear mids is cause I'm, too big for mids where yeah. I think a lot of guys could wear mids where it's not a problem. It's just, they don't fit my foot right. Cause I am bigger. So I've always liked foam posits and yeah. um, I have a few pairs of them and I've, you can get them used for really cheap now because nobody's wearing them. So I think that makes sense. Um, I know little Yachty has talked about him wanting to bring them back just because he's a huge fan of them. And um, kind of like Travis did with SB dunks, I think it could be done. And so this is one of the first, foam posits that they're retroing, which is really interesting besides the CVG yeah. foam posits. And so, um, yeah, exactly like the twos and the airships. And we just had the Hama Manier airship release. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very excited to see how well these do. I think they're going to sit on shelves and I think they're going to probably drop below retail price unless something sure. changes from now until summer. I don't see them reselling at all. I just think it's kind of a cool thing for, people that really like phone posits if now you, if you know you know oh, geez. a lot of these exactly. a lot of a lot of these new people don't know because they haven't really released in the past what two three years i mean they've released exactly. some but nothing we've had a couple crazy. it hasn't been yeah. anything crazy yeah and that's kind of how like when i first got into new balance and stuff and 
I bought my protection pack for 200 bucks because nobody mm -hmm. was wearing them. And I just thought it was a cool shoe. And now it's kind of like, and then literally it, it like was a month more, later, it was, yeah, they went skyrocketing it. And a big contribution was five fifties became really popular on social media. Mm -hmm. And so new balance kind of took off, but it was like, if you're wearing nine nineties or 2002 R's or 1906s, like it is kind of a, if you know, you know, type of thing, which I like a lot more than just, expensive hype shoes like everyone wearing travis one lows and i agree uh, the community aspect of it i think is the coolest part so i agree yes, we got there's the always that positive. one person you walk by that's like ah i see you and you're like exactly yep i got you 100 we have medium olives coming out let's talk about dunks because i think it's it's a really interesting topic because the approach that nike has taken towards regular dunks not SBs, sbs but regular dunks like the harvest moon or the olives or the panda dunks are kind of all the rage right now or the reverse kentuckys because i think it's the i'm a big stickler on material and quality i know you are that's kind of a buzzword for people yeah. like us but um i think regular dunks i've never worn because i've except like the medium curries and the vast grays or like the suede version of the grass yeah. vast and grays. those, I those are probably of some of my favorite dunk lows too. Mm -hmm. just the colors materials they're neutral they go with everything those are some of my favorite i've never had a pair personally but if i was to it'd be any of those oh they're, but, they're solid like the veneer pack and stuff like that but regular uh, dunks they're just they're kicking out all the time so i'm curious your thoughts on how long this dunk era is going to go where nike is just constantly releasing new colorways i don't think it's going to stop anytime soon i think with the materials they use they're not using like anything crazy if anything they're using probably the same leather as an air force one and in my opinion i feel like nike nike doesn't see a difference between the dunk and the air force one at this point they're just firing out any color that they possibly can and i feel like to nike mm -hmm. the dunk is just a white on white air force one that's in different colors that they can push out that they know is going to sell. So they're just going to keep pushing out as many colorways as possible until, you know, it's literally the next Air Force One where you're going to see everybody on the street just wearing some random colorway of a dunk, which is cool. But if you're super into sneakers and super into, you know, the hype culture, you see everybody going after panda dunks and you know, if you're into sneakers, at least in the past few years, before probably the past year, like dunks were kind of something sacred that haven't been released in a long time. So everyone's like, oh, dunks are finally coming back. This is awesome. You know, we're going to start getting some different colorways and I'm going to love this and no one's going to have dunks. But Nike didn't see the dunk as, you know, a special shoe or like a limited a shoe that should be limited i guess mm -hmm. so they want everybody to have a dunk and i think everybody's gonna have a pair of dunks at this point yeah but you know obviously if you're a sneakerhead and you see everybody wearing dunks you're like oh, no no everyone's into dunks like everyone has a pair of pandas and you take that like personally you know what i mean so it's like i don't know it's weird i think i think if you're into sneakers you're mad about it if you're not into sneakers Dude, you're excited because you can get a cool pair of Nikes that just look like a pair of Nikes. That's all they look like. So there's a lot nothing of people special I'm sure are excited. Them. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? I think it's I don't think it's gonna slow down either. I was thinking it's very capitalistic minded for Nike. I mean, they are a company, they are trying to make a profit and they see people buying them every time they release them for the twelfth time that they've restocked Panda Dunks. Yeah. People are buying them out and they're still reselling and I think they're going to milk it as much as they can just for the profit wise. And I think regular dunks are different than SB dunks because they are actually cherishing SB dunks a little bit more and they care 100%. about the story or the quality, but regular dunks, I think, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think they're just going to keep releasing them until they sit on shelves and people can just go buy them. Absolutely. And I like dunks. No shade. If you like dunks, I think they're awesome. No, no, but nothing against you know. dunks. It's just going to be the next, you know, everybody has it. It's a sneaker, you know, whatever it is, it is. Um, but the SB Dunks, for sure, they are taking those more serious. And, you know, they're coming out 
with still unique collaborations and designs for it, which I love. And it sticks to, you know, the history of the dunk. That's what it's always been. A crazy, just collaborative skate shoe that everyone loves. But I've actually, I think I've only owned one pair of dunks. And it was recently too. Oh, wow. It was those, um, that J-Pack, like the pack they did with the Chicago colorway of the dunk. It was the one that came out before the Chicago's on the shadows. Mm -hmm. And I actually traded a guy a pair of biohacks for those yep. outright. <laughs> He was like, I don't like these wow. shoes. I want the biohacks. And I said, okay. <laughs> Traded them, <laughs> wore them for a little bit. And then I just ended up selling them inevitably. But I like them. I like them. They're cool. I need to get more. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk the Black Phantoms. <laughs> what do you think? I've made probably two or three videos on this shoe already on TikTok. And my opinions were not entirely loved by all. <laughs> but... Well, That's I want to hear your opinion, opinion on it, because I already got one, too. Yeah, I think it's a cool shoe, but I don't think it's going to be worth the probably $800 resale price that they're going to give mm -hmm. it. I'm also not a fan of contrast stitching. It's, you know, it just looks like a pair of Vans, I guess, because they do that a lot. But it's not my favorite. With the replacement laces, obviously makes it look a little better. With the red, and then I believe the others, like a... Is it a herringbone kind of stitched pattern or something like that? Something I think those like look cool. That, yeah. But, you know, black on black shoe. It's a fine shoe. I'd pay retail. That's about it, though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't like paying resale price regardless, though. But that's just me. Interesting. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty similar on that. I, I'm different because I had most of the outfits I wear straight up are black shorts, black t-shirt, gray t-shirt, whatever. And so yeah. black on black shoes or black uppers or a black silhouette, I just don't own any really. I'm trying to think. I The Mocha Ones maybe is the closest, Black Toe Jordan 1 yeah. or something like that. I mean, got the wavy babies here, but I've never worn them. So it's I, I just don't wear – I usually wear lighter color where I really wear a bold color. And so black on black has just never been – an interest of mine. I do like the contrast stitching. Now that I'm like actually looking at photos and like, it, it looks I good in this photo. It looks good in this photo. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think I just saw a black on black shoe on Instagram and kind of wrote them off just cause that was that. And now that I'm really looking at the details, you can see the red laces match the cactus Jack symbol mm -hmm. on the tongue. I do like that. I just, if they might have done something different where it was a translucent sole or a different toe box, just I think it's I think it's another money grab. I think there's nothing yeah. special about them. I think they're they're gonna resell for eight hundred. I think my guess would be seven to eight hundred, seven fifty, yeah. I think they're gonna I don't, sell I don't think they're maybe anything, lower. I don't think they're anything that's gonna push it past the a thousand no. mark. But you never unless know. they're super limited, I, I really yeah. do not see that, and I don't think they will be. I think that I, I I just have a gripe with uh, I'm gonna steal that from uh, Colin and Smear the gripes. Yeah, I, I just I'm not a fan of how many shoes that Travis Scott has been releasing recently. We see the Fragment was not a fan of it. I like the Fragment one highs a lot just because see, of I the like white the and I think the that's I interesting. Lows, I man. think just the sale swoosh was not my favorite. I thought yeah. the colors were just clashing a little bit. That's true. But I, uh, I definitely the, get that. Yeah, and it, it just the double clad. I I just I love the mocha so much because brown's one of my favorite colors. And then they came out with that. And I thought it, it was a crazy shoe and I did videos on it obviously and I You're talking about the, the newest one, not the original or I'm talking about the fragment, the fragment okay. still. So, and then the newest one was the swoosh was not my favorite. I just, I love sail colored shoes and I love everything about it. I just think if you're going to do a white outer ex exoskeleton on the shoe with the brown main tone, and then you do a clashing sail with sail laces and a sail mid, I did, something about it, just it, white on sale doesn't match as much as it Like should. a lot of companies have been doing that now too. Like with the new, mm -hmm. the Pata Air Max ones. They're white and cream. And then I think there's a Teddy Santis New Balance that's white and cream with a little bit of red. 
And then there's some other new balances that came out that are white and cream as well. And I'm just, yep. I don't know. I don't like it. The paddle air maxes was another great example. I, everyone was hyping those up and I just was not a huge, I didn't even go for them. I know there's a resell on them. I just, for some, whatever reason, I just, I love sale colored shoes. I love the off-white fours. I love white and gray and brown shoes. I just, something about it doesn't match. And so the fact that they've released will be three Travis Scott one lows in the last 16 months, year. Which is crazy. I don't know. I It, it went from the mochas and then we got a, a couple of years with nothing. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. This The fan black got- low. And then we got the air trainers and then we got the air max ones. And then we got like, exactly. Yeah. It's just one thing after another. And I think it's cool. I love that they're giving him access to this many, you know, silhouettes and colorways, but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, and well, to be fair, I guess like his collaborations are unique because they all have little, you know, like little aspects to them that make them different. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like it's nothing crazy, but, I don't know. Yeah, no, I can I, respect I completely it, agree with but you. it's a lot. Yep. Yeah. It it has been a lot, and it not a negative light towards Travis, but after the big Astro World Festival, they he kind of cooled off for a bit. I think in a lot of people's minds, he wasn't as hype as he was before, and I, in my mind, especially like that was a big incident. Like I just watched the Woodstock documentary on Netflix, and oh yeah, um, and nobody died in that and that's like one of the biggest like mishits on a concert ever and if i'm not mistaken it was eight people died in his concert and he basically went dormant for three months and then yeah just started dumping out all these shoes and i i i'm very on the aspect of i like limited shoes and so when not to be like nobody can get them but i think it's cool when you have a pair of like one pair i've been trying to get forever is the jordan one low chinese new year the red one yeah, and there's yeah. 7,500 pairs, and I've been looking for a size 11 around $500 for eight months, and that's like half of the fun for me is like trying to get a really it's limited fun. pair yeah. of shoes and like the journey of getting them. And then once I get them, it's gonna be like, hell yeah, I got the shoes. But like, if I can just like everyone has them, and you go to sneaker con and you see everyone wearing the Mocha One Low Reverse that we just that just dropped. Yeah, it just doesn't seem as special. So I agree. The Phantom One Lows, big mess in my mind. Yeah, I completely get that. Yeah, my little brother does the same thing with hunting down shoes. It's hilarious. He's very into like gel light threes, fours, fives, and then just you know random obscure New Balances, and he'll just like <laughs> dig through Goat, dig through StockX, and find all yep. of the crazy colorways that you know haven't released in five, 10 years. And he's just sitting there hunting for all these different random colors and sizes. And I love it. It, it just makes it. I'm the exact same way. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm literally, I'm checking eBay filters and goat filters every day for these pairs. Like I just got, uh, I'll pull this pair of shoes out. I finally got, I had a pair of these a while ago and I sold them, which I wish I never sold them. I finally got a Always. pair of sand Jordan nice. fours. It took me a while and it's women's sizing. So it was took forever to find them in a 10 and a half. Really, I'm an 11, but like finding those is even more difficult. There was a pair on eBay for $700 that wasn't wearable. So I got this pair for 400 bucks and it's like, this is a pair you don't see all the time. And so when you do see it, it's like, it's cool. And so even though I'm kind of new to sneakers, it's like getting into the old stuff and like collecting the rare stuff or more limited sneakers is really cool and the hunt for it is i think the most fun absolutely all right let's look at one more sneaker um let's check out the the new balance 1906 d in the protection pack because i i want this shoe let me see oh so the 1906 d that's the one that who is it this is never that just did the collab with them with the little staining on it. And mm-hmm. honestly, that's the first time I've ever seen this shoe, I think, was on their collaboration. <laughs> but Same. all the colorways that they've been doing on this shoe so far look so good. And if we can get this same style in a bunch of different colors, I'm here for it. So this is interesting because not even going to lie, I have the This Is Never That in transit to my apartment right now because nice. 
that 1906, I same deal with the protection pack. I saw that pair of shoes yep. like the month after they came out, the protection pack, the rain clouds. And I was sitting on the couch with my girlfriend and I was like, this shoe is so cool, but I cannot pay $250 for New Balance. And she's That's like, the thing with do New it. Balance, man. Yeah. Do it. And I did it. And I never looked back. I wore them all the time. I wore them hiking. I still, I just cleaned them up because they got all muddy at the state fair. And um, yeah. that's the same deal with the, this is never that. I think a lot of people are not thinking about that. And so this is actually the first time I'm looking at the 1906 D protection pack. I've never seen these. It looks like we just got leaked images, but these I think look... they released them today was the image. Well, there you go. That's, that's why I haven't seen these yet. And they look yeah. insane. They look incredible. And I don't remember who posted it, but I did see on Instagram someone posted a lot of other colorways that were coming out. I don't really? think they were protection pack, but okay. still different colorways on the design. I know one of, was like a of the white with green. Yeah, it was like a white and green colorway, and I love Ooh. it. I need it. Yeah, so a lot I, of exciting uh, stuff coming from New Balance. Yes, I, New Balance is killing it. I, I, we're both big New Balance fans. If you're not on New Balance yet, then get on it because it's if you like good quality shoes that are going to last forever, get on the New Balance wave. Yeah, these are it's it's almost it looks like a violet purple. Like unless my screen is yeah. not color calibrated, I think they look a dark purple, which is I love because I go to Winona uh, yeah. State and the school colors are purple and. Same with my high school. The school colors were purple, so I've always liked purple. And I like it because it's not like a vibrant purple, but more of kind of a casual purple where you could wear it with black pants and they would blend in. But that cream midsole is just looking so I nice. I love it. I love what they've been doing with the aging on the midsoles recently. It just looks so cool. Yes. Yeah. I, right. Speaking about aging, I want to talk about – I know this was supposed to be the last one. I want to talk about Nike doing aging. I want to talk about so pull up a picture of the the Air Max or the the Air Force One, the green one, right? The green aged, yep. Because I have a few thoughts on these, and this is exactly why we're doing the podcast. Because exactly, I was gonna make a video on these, but I don't want to do it until I get them in hand, just because I don't think there's enough content where we can just talk about them on the podcast. So. I want to pull these up and talk about them because I've had a lot of thoughts about these and I've seen a lot of other people have thoughts about these. Which one, which one is it? Is it the, the women's one? So it, it is the air force one low gorge green. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I believe it is a women's only release. So let me talk about this quick. So We've seen these popping up everywhere. I've seen them all over the place. And I've seen these, you kind of get a good feel for where the community is with them because you see them on Instagram stories and usually a little caption on the person's thoughts on these. And initially, I love them. I love everything about them. I love that the tag is a little bit aged on the tongue, the rough edging. You can see the raw leather on the side that's a Fox Trot special. Yeah. Um, you can just see everything about them. I love, I think they look very high quality for even the leather they're using it's they just look nice in my opinion it has a and leather a lot sock liner have, too and i love that that's I exactly like that. i have a pair of air force one um jewel sale and it's the same deal mm -hmm. and it feels very very premium and these are i love them and i it's interesting because i want to get your thoughts on this as well there's a lot of people that are getting tired of nike doing the fake aging We've seen it with the Nike Dunks, the green pair that came out where they're they're attempting to make them look aged when they're not actually aged in their new releases. I think yeah. some of them have looked bad. Some of them have looked good. And I think this is one of the shoes that they nailed it. What do you? I definitely think that? they nailed it on this one for sure. I'm just not the biggest fan of Air Force Ones. I don't think I yeah, would wear them. That's fine. But it does yeah. look very good. I like how they made them look vintage and everything. Um, yeah, that midsole being yellowed like that. I, I think it like this is an example of the white in sale working, in my opinion. I think true. it works on this one. When it's on just the midsole alone, or like you know the laces, sock line, or whatever it may be, I think it looks a lot better. But I don't like it when they blend it on the uppers. I agree. I you like know? natural aging would actually happen on a midsole. 
it won't happen on a on a swoosh or the upper like that. I think it it really looks like a legit aging job. I agree. I like it. I don't mind whenever they do stuff like this. I mean, obviously, not every one of them's gonna be a hit, but they exactly. did good. I like it. Solid. Well, sweet. You got anything else for this episode? I think we'll uh, wrap it up not, there. I think yeah, it not was. For this uh, one. I think it was a very solid first episode. Obviously, bear with us. We're getting through a couple of kinks on recording and figuring out the setup and everything like that. So, if you did enjoy this, then definitely follow along. We're going to be posting clips of the podcast on social media, so you're going to be seeing that on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and I believe YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. So wherever we can definitely. get that out, and Facebook too, because I. Just hit 50,000 followers on my Facebook page today. Oh, let's and go. Nobody even knows about it. So Facebook yeah. Reels is insane organic growth as well. I, I had a, a video get 25 million views on there. So Wow. And this is not a joke. So we will be posting on Facebook. If that's your vibe, then go there and follow. Otherwise, it's Beyond Kicks everywhere. And thanks for watching. Yes, sir.